Hi, and welcome to the Scale with Soul podcast with me, spiritual and business mentor, Annika Burke. And me, business coach and course creator, Carla Biesinger. Every week, we're giving you the full behind the scenes of how we're growing and scaling our businesses with soul. And by that, we're meaning what we're doing in our marketing, how we're building our funnels, what we're doing with our team and how we're hiring in order to really move the business to the next level. And we're doing it in a way that gives us freedom and abundance and most of all has a huge impact on our clients. We hope you love it. Hi, Carla. How are you doing? I'm good. Excuse me if my voice is a little bit husky today. <laughs> it is just mum life. I'm feeling good, but it's a little husky. Yeah. I'm kind of liking it. Yeah, sexy. <laughs> so today we thought we'd have a little like reflection se uh, session talking about profitability this is a theme that has come up for us a couple of times and so we thought we would just reflect on the difference between what it means to have a six or seven figure business and what it means to have a profitable business because I think is really a trend in the industry that I'm seeing at the moment on everyone talking about get a six figures, get a seven figures and all these things. And it can mask what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I know for myself, I've got to six figures, but haven't always felt really abundant with that. I want to be really honest about that. Um, so yeah, that's the theme for today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because obviously for me, this year was like the first year that I have scaled back in terms of mm. revenue um, with the intention behind it of, I want to have less stress. I want to have less pressure because I was spending so much money on team and on ads. And mm. I was just really so anxious that it was like, this is so not worth it. And mm -hmm. um, obviously with that, my, my business has changed quite a bit and my team has changed a lot. But I actually feel like I'm in such a good place right now. Mm. And it definitely took like six months, you know, this transition. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because obviously like the last two years were really really amazing years in my business and even though my like my business wasn't so so profitable I was still like I still made a lot of profit at the end of the year you know where I'm like wow I don't know like if I'll like be able to do that again mm -hmm. like, like I am you know because I look at like other people who are in my mastermind who are making like 500,000 in a launch and things like that so I know it's possible but it, mm -hmm. just right now, I was like, oh, my God, like, that was really amazing. But like, at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? Absolutely. Um, it's quite funny. We should maybe call this unscale with soul. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, what I'm taking away is scaling doesn't always have to mean bigger mm. in terms of team and your ad spend and the investments it can do and that can be really profitable 
And I know that um, a lot of people, you know, that I've been seeing in the spiritual coaching industry have been saying that there's not been as much sales coming through um, in the last couple of months, but yet the big names seem to be really not affected by that. Yeah. And I would take that with like a grain of salt because yeah. um, I know someone who consults for like a lot of the big names and she was mm-hmm. like, everybody is feeling it. Interesting. So, mm. you know, it's like, why do we think that they're not affected? It's because of how they portray things in their yeah. marketing and on Instagram. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I can pull numbers out of my ass and say like, you know, show this or show that to like make someone believe that this is what's real when it's actually not real. And that I think is the whole problem with this industry because you think like, oh my God, everyone else is crushing it and I'm the only one who's struggling. Mm -hmm. Seeing like the curated moments from other people. Yeah. Like using that to market. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So when we're thinking about scale, I just really want to just feel into for my own business and for for our clients, this reframe of what does scale mean doesn't necessarily mean about having a big machine, although that is available to us if we want it. Mm. It's about how do we scale our profit? How do we scale our impact? And how do we scale like the flow and fun and enjoyment that comes in doing this work? Yeah. Because, you know, definitely, you know, I would love to share like the, you know, I feel like over the last year, there have been times when I've definitely gone into overworking, you know, gone into like um, just really feeling like oh I've got to like I gotta hit it you know and I have a tendency to do that anyway from when I was in corporate and I can feel with having your own business sometimes there can be a tendency to go into it as well particularly because there is this this um this message that you hear which is like well if I work harder then I'll make more money Mm. you know then it's gonna pay off in the end yeah Yeah. Mm. And, you know, like last year for me, it really was like this test. Like I went into this, like the second half of last year saying like, how little can I work while maintaining my like 100K a month in revenue, not in profit. And I like did it, you know, I did like the two day work week, two and a half day work week. I traveled every month and it was amazing. The, The like downside that came with it I obviously um while it, everything was working and my ads were working it was great and then at the beginning of this year things kind of stopped working mm-hmm. and I had built like such a big team that you know I was spending like ten thousand dollars a month on team and so when things stop working then it's like oh my god like what do I do now so mm-hmm. looking back like I know that you can have a seven-figure business without it having to feel hard. But I also know that business isn't like linear. Mm. It's really interesting, like speaking to other seven-figure business owners who like have, I think when you're scaling, like the the main struggle is typically team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it is hard to find like good people. It's definitely not impossible, but it's definitely not easy. And then mm. like profitability when, whether yeah. it's like because of team, because of ads, etc. So I think mm. really looking at how can we like create a lean business? Yeah. And what's like really essential. And I think like, in the beginning, when you're starting out, you're so cautious of like everything you spend because you just don't have the money. Yeah. And then once you start making money, it kind of becomes this thing where you're like, oh my God, yeah, I should hire some help. And then eventually it's like, oh yeah, I can just hire this. I can hire this. I can hire this. And yeah. you're like, oh yeah, I can just hire everybody. And yeah. I definitely am a fan of outsourcing, delegating, etc. But I also know that this year, like my team cost has gone from $10,000 a month mm -hmm. to um, $1,700. Wow. Mm. And then now I've just done a couple of like freelance contracts for like, so two times 500 a month. So it's essentially yeah. like 2700 yeah. Um, which is a third, right? So, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I have really good people on my team, like mm. good people. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not necessarily doing more work than I was last year. Mm. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I've really learned about team really this year is about flexibility. And like this ability to, like, like you said, you've taken people on freelance. Yeah. I really like that approach because it gives you then the flexibility to try it out. Yeah. And this is not to say that we should be kind of not looking after the people that work for us. Because no. <laughs> of course, sometimes there's going to be people that we really are going to want to bring on and give them that staple income, of course. And we really want to be really good employers. Absolutely. But for some things, we might want to have a three-month contract or give a trial period and have that flexibility in the contract so that we don't we don't feel like we can't shift as things evolve. Yeah. We don't feel unsafe. That's really what I've been feeling into. Like, how do I feel really safe in my business? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like for me now, knowing that, okay like with all my things that I'm paying, you know, considering like the tech, the like software, et cetera. Yeah. On average, like it costs me, you know, in total, like say three and a half thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Like that to me doesn't feel like a difficult number to make. Yeah. That's with your team as well. Or just that's the tech. With the team. Yeah. The tech isn't that much really. Yeah, it can add up though. So yeah. one thing I'm going to be doing this week is a tech stock take because I know that I have the tendency to be like, oh, I like, I love the tech. <laughs> and to be like, oh, this new system's going to automate this and this is going to da da da. And yes, that is the case for sure. But I'm I'm personally going to go and do a little stock take this week on which of the things I'm paying for Am I on the right package? Do I need all of those 
Like, do I need all of those benefits? Can I downgrade? Do yeah. I need all of those things? Do I need that? Are some things duplicating each other? Um, like, what do I really need? What am I using the most? Because I'm sure there are bits of tech that I've got that are not adding that much value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know as well because like I pay for easy webinar, which is like a thousand a year. Teachable is like a thousand a year. Um, and then my active campaign, I think it's like 6K. It must be because you've got such a big list. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, that's how I make my sales. So it's fine. But yeah. I think I probably spend around nine thousand nine to ten thousand a year on tech which like if you think about it it's like oh that's a lot I think uh, yeah I think and I think it's a fixed cost I mean I'm not far behind you just to say this morning I had an email about from my my website hosting saying you're getting an auto renewal I went on there and I um negotiated (laughs) and I've done this a few times I've done it with easy webinar you can actually negotiate prices. What do you say? Like, I know you've done this and I'm like, you're I just, This guy this morning, well, first of all, um, I had a look at what they were offering new clients, significantly cheaper than what they were offering me. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just leave and mm. rejoin again the week <laughs> after. How do you feel about that? What's the process for that? And they were like, well, it's a very long drawn out process. And I was like, $200 long drawn out process because prepared to do it and um you know just actually negotiated um you know what package am I actually on what benefits am I getting here can you have a look at whether I'd be better off downgrading to another package and in the end they offered me so I saved I saved like 200 pounds wow that's amazing just by having a conversation that's awesome. and so I mean Sorry, not to like discredit all the tech companies that may be listening to this, but just to say, if the company is offering a price to a new client, then it's really worth going in and just checking out what do I need. One thing I did with Easy Webinar is there was one feature that I needed from a higher package, and I didn't need all of the other features. Mm-hmm. So I, I came to an agreement with them that I could be on the lower package but have that one feature. That's awesome. Just yeah. by chatting. That's so, cool. <laughs> you know, this is like, what's the making money. It's like being good with money is actually about really valuing money mm-hmm. and being careful with money. And I, I know for me, I definitely have a tendency to just be like, yeah, I want all the things. Um, but, 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 but sometimes actually the, I always like to say to my clients is like, What's the lowest tech way you can do this? You know, if you're creating a course, it's the first time you've ever run it. Could you actually just have the videos on YouTube and just send them the link? Yeah. Or like Google Drive, right? Something like that. Google Drive. Like, can you just have your worksheets on Google Drive and your course videos? Like, they're, they're, we, we think that we need like the most beautiful looking. Yeah system but often for the client it's really about am I getting the results and the impact totally yeah and like I mean I I would it's like I have so many courses on teachable but I think it's going to be something that I will do next year 
um, move my main courses that I'm actually selling to Thrivecard. And like I've been Thrivecard or Thrive Themes? Thrivecard. They have like Thrivecard Learn. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. Actually, host your courses on there. The only thing with that is like you can't upload the videos directly, but you um, have to upload them to Vimeo or YouTube and then just embed the link. That's what I do. And it's great. And so it's like a one time fee. Oh, wow. So I've been actually telling all my passive income accelerator students to check it out because I think it's. I'll add that in. Yeah, for mine, definitely ever and then it's all integrated like I actually saw someone do this this is so brilliant the other day she was doing a free masterclass mm-hmm. and she had it as a free product on Thrivecard. yeah and then she had an order bump huh. I was like oh my god this is so smart and then everything just lives in Thrivecard, and it's like integrated you can do, you know, like some of my clients have been getting Thrivecard um, templates for sales pages on like mm. Etsy and they look so good. Mm. So it's really like not a bad option and it's literally just like a one-time payment and you have it forever. So I'll put the link to my Thrivecard affiliate um, link. Yeah, do. And I will tell my clients about that because I wasn't aware you could do that. My courses are all in my website. Mm. They're on my on my website. Yeah, so right. I have a WordPress website with Thrive Apprentice, so the Thrive team, which is a different Thrive, different company. Yeah. But all my courses are on my website, which I really like because I feel like they're at home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do yeah. You know I mean, there's not like a third party. It's like they're just on my website, which for me feels really good. And I and I love that product. I think the takeaway here is shopping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a like doing a, a tech, what do you call it? Tech intake? Tech stock take. That's what I'm going to do today, this week. Yeah. I think that's a really smart idea because also mm. it's like you're paying like $20 a month for this, $15 a month for this. And it like, it just does add up. So add up. yeah. Mm. And then I think like for me, the team cost. Um, so I've, I've obviously let go of my ad agency, which was the biggest cost. And yeah. I've, instead trained like I'm paying for my VA who was interested in learning about Facebook ads I'm paying for her to be in a program where she's getting coached on how to run Facebook ads right so she's learning a new skill Mm. we're like just bringing it in-house obviously I have a knowledge in ads so you know I think like you want to be able to understand how ads work whether you're outsourcing it or whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're like have someone in your team doing it. Yeah. You need to have that. You do need to have that support. I think with ads, even if you know what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's like, um, having access to somebody that really has that deep knowledge where you can bounce. Yeah. It's around. It's really valuable. Yeah. And then like, 
two of my other team members, like I had an OBM and I just kind of felt like the, I was paying her a thousand dollars a month and I felt like the things she was doing, I just didn't need them anymore. Mm. Yeah. And it was like a difficult conversation, but at the end of the day, because she was also a friend, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's business. And it's like, mm. when you're investing in team, it has to really either give you back time or it has to be like giving you back profit. Yeah, absolutely. Like a return yeah. on your investment. I've definitely, you know, invested in the in the last few months in in like extra support and it's not necessarily given me that space as much as I hoped or um translated into sales as much as I'd hoped. So there's a learning for me here around that around you know how do you structure things really well and uh, expectations really well how do you build in this flexibility which we've talked about and like next time things might be different it's like not like I'm never gonna hire again yeah 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 totally no you know it really isn't it's like how do you hire smart yeah and mm. I feel like you know in I don't remember what episode it was I can probably find it real quick where we talked about the time tracking exercise <laughs> like this is such an important one for anyone who's listening and thinking about who should I hire I would definitely go yeah. back and listen to that I'll find the episode real quick um it was for hiring your first team member and yeah. really looking at like where am I spending most of my time? What tasks do I hate? But that can, that are actually not difficult. Um, and then I think like, you know, th those are the things that need to go first. So like customer support, Instagram engagement, like things like that, yeah. that are just really time intensive. And then I think like the, the number one thing that I like to hire out is copywriting. Mm. Because I do feel like like I'm good with copy, but like I actually now what I do typically is I create the sequence and then I just have someone make it better. So it's actually less mm -hmm. money that I'm paying. Mm. Very much my voice. And that has been working really well. But I do feel mm. copywriting, it, it can just take a long, long time. And if you're getting someone who's really good, it can definitely be. Mm, so interesting because for me, that's something I would find really hard to let oh, go of. Interesting. In a way, because I feel like I channel a lot of what I write. I um, feel like a lot of it comes through in a very inspired way. And when I'm in the right zone, I can write very quickly. Mm, yeah. And what's true for me is more about how do I have the space to not be in all of the admin side of things yeah. that I am in creative space yeah mm -hmm. so what's the number one thing you would outsource or delegate admin um, so I do have an assistant who's helping with um things like uh well Instagram DMs um and client like customer service and just keeping on top of things like 
regular posts that need to go in the Facebook group and stuff like that. So I don't have to remember every single Monday I need to do that post. Yeah. do <laughs> things like that, more sort of like regular, um, sort of regular admin kind of tasks for me is really valuable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just hired someone to create some ad graphics, which I've mm. created them myself, but I just want, wanted to see what they come up with. So mm. more expensive. Like, yeah. This. I love that. So what I'm really taking away from this is around flexibility and testing like experimenting with where bringing in support in your business does have that impact on allowing you to be more strategic. I love the book. Um, it's by the guy that wrote Profit First and it's called mm -hmm. Clockwork. Have you read that? Okay. It's, um, he, it talks about you really getting clear on what other things in the business that only you can do. Mm. Being really ruthless about it. So like, only you can be on that call. <laughs> mm. Can be on, can be creating the reel in terms if it's got you in it. Only you can be, uh, if you're a coach, like delivering that coaching. Mm -hmm. And as you scale, you might get co-coaches in. So it's like really, really getting into, well, what is it? What is it that only I can do? Yeah. And, and really testing it. Um, and I, I found that to be a really inspiring exercise to do because there's a lot of things that we think only we can do, but actually other people are much better at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think like what's worked really well for me has been the testing and in terms of like testing someone's service mm. for a month, two months, three months, like some people just require a three month commitment and then yeah. going like after that, what was the return on this investment? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do I want to continue, just continuing like month by month after that? Yeah, yeah. All right, should we wrap up? This has been great. So, yeah. I mean, and, and I really enjoyed this. And so for me, I'm really taking away this, you know, the, what was the thing you said at the start at what cost, you know, we're not scaling just for the sake of scaling so that we can go around saying we have six, seven figure mm -hmm. business owners, you know, we're only doing it if it creates more joy and abundance and yeah. love for what we're doing. And that's yeah. really important when we're hiring in as well. It's like, how is this going to make my life feel easier and better? and add to the abundance that the business is creating? I think that's a really important question because there's so much ego out there around, I'm smashing this figure. Yeah. What we're about. Ego, yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's so much ego, yeah. Yeah, love it. Hopefully. All right, love it. Thank you so much, Carla. <laughs>